Hello and welcome to Ferris Forward. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. On today's program, we'll be talking with the Higher Learning Commission leadership team at Ferris State University. We've been making the preparations for the visit by the HLC on October 5 and 6, 2020 at Ferris State University. I'm joined by Mandy Cipherlein. Mandy, it's good to have you with us. Thanks for having us. And uh, Mandy is the Associate Provost of Assessment and Accreditation at Ferris, and this is her 18th year here. And before serving as Associate Provost, she worked in our College of Pharmacy, where she had a number of positions, including Director of Assessment and Accreditation and Director of External Clinical Operations. We're also joined by Jeff Eck. Jeff is the Marketing Department Chair in the College of Business. Jeff, it's good to have you with us. Thank you. And Jeff has been at Ferris for 32 years. Uh, he joined the, the faculty in 1999. Before that, he managed the graphics department for us at, at Ferris. And finally, Jennifer Hagenauer, who's the Executive Director of Research Planning and Assessment. Uh, Jennifer joined Ferris in 1999, and she works in our Extended and International Operations Unit, and she's also the Project Manager for the HLC Quality Initiative. Jennifer, it's good to have you with us. Thank you, my pleasure. So, HLC, what is the Higher Learning Commission? Who wants to start with that? Oh, I can take that, this is Mandy. Um, the Higher Learning Commission is an independent accreditor, one of six regional accreditors here in our country um, who accredits degree granting post-secondary institutions. So we happen to be in the region that is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. And this is pretty important for Ferris, isn't it? It, it is very important. Um, it's, it's essential that we are accredited by the Higher Learning Commission for lots of reasons. Reasons um, federal financial aid is, is one of them, um, but the, the Higher Learning Commission has several criteria and expectations, including other federal compliance regulations um, by which they, they evaluate us. Um, so it's it's important um, for our work, for our standing as a, as a public institution that we maintain um, and, and meet or exceed those expectations from the HLC. And I remember the last time the, the Higher Learning Commission was here was in 2011, I believe, and uh, this, it's been almost 10 years since then. So when did we begin working on this visit? So uh, back in uh, 2017, uh, we formed a steering committee and uh, brought that group together who began to really kind of uh, get a, a real handle on how we were gonna approach writing the assurance argument. The assurance argument is what we submit to the Higher Learning Commission uh, to, uh, talk about what we do here, answer the questions they're asking around a certain criterion. And uh, we, uh, as we thought about those criterion, we put together subcommittees uh, that uh, were responsible for the early draft of, of that assurance argument. Uh, they're also, you know, we're identifying early on what pieces of evidence that we would use to support uh, what we're saying in that assurance argument. Um, in you know, two, 2018, we had a multi-location visit here. So we had a reviewer come and visit our different locations. Uh, they, she gave us some good feedback and we implemented those things. And, and that kind of sets the tone for as we move forward, you know, into this year. Um, 
quality initiative was submitted in 2019 and which Jen led and, and uh, really could speak to, but you know, that's an opportunity for us to, to look at some things that we can do. Uh, you know, I think colleges submitted different projects, uh, three each, and, and it was an opportunity to be innovative and uh, explore some things and, and fail in certain areas and maybe really excel in others. Uh, and, and that was what was encouraged by the HLC. And not that we did, we failed. I think we did really well in that group of projects. And, and uh, so that happened in, in 2018. Um, and then, or I'm sorry, 2019. And then the final editing uh, has been happening, you know, through this whole, uh, you know, from 17 on, we've been really working on uh, continually drafting uh, this assurance argument. And so final editing, editing has happened this year. A final evidence curation has happened this year. And, and the actual uh, documents were submitted that, that Jen will talk a little bit about for us here a little bit, but uh, submitted um, on September 4th. So how many people do you think have been involved in the preparation of this, this accreditation visit? Do you have any idea? Yeah, we do. Um, you know, we've had uh, different town halls and informational meetings over the years where we've uh, met with individuals, large groups, small groups. Um, you know, we've had, in just the town halls alone, we've had 200 people involved. Um, you know, our steering committee is made up of about 30 individuals that represent uh, the entire uh, university community. We've had subcommittees um, where we've got 100 individuals participating. Um, you know, so, you know, we're just that math alone, you know, we're at 330. Um, and then it's interesting to think about too, the, just the kind of the hours that it's, uh, we've invested. Uh, our leadership team has over, had over 175 meetings uh, over this time, representing about 500 hours. Uh, you know, we've also engaged um, you know, the steering committee, the president's council, academic senate, other uh, areas across ca campus and uh, the university community, KCAD, uh, with a hundred different meetings. And so, you know, it's been a, a really, uh, it, it's been a lot of time, a lot of engaging work and uh, something we're very proud of. Wow, 2017 and hundreds of people involved thousands of pages of documents, I suspect. And, but the whole purpose of this is to show that we meet up certain criteria in terms of expectations for public universities and that we improve through this process. Now, Jennifer, I know you were involved with the Quality Improvement Project. Do you want to talk about that and maybe the components of this evaluation? Sure. Um, well, the, the, the Quality Initiative was an opportunity for us to challenge ourselves along uh, continuous improvement processes and, and working on a culture of continuous improvement. So what that project was, was each of our academic colleges and units were challenged to do three projects, one each around retention, learning, and the learning environment. And so they took a couple of years and they each crafted a project related to those areas that meant something and would impact their students in a very direct way. So the results of that um, all came up under the, um, the umbrella of academic literacies. And so now we have an academic literacies center in uh, the flight building that is informed and will continue to be informed by not only those projects that were part of the quality initiative, but, but work that has been created out of that and so we're pretty excited about the response that our HLC reviewers had 
to our efforts there. Now the other reports, that the other information that we have to submit, um, Mandy and Jeff mentioned the assurance argument and that that is about how it's a long narrative that talks about how we meet those, the criterion that HLC sets down. And those are around mission, integrity, teaching and learning uh, and institutional effectiveness. And so um, we've spent a lot of time talking on those topics and then also including over 700 pieces, not pieces, files of evidence in support of that. And I say, pieces of evidence because within those there could be multiple um, documents and reports that are supporting uh, the work that we do. There's also a multi-campus uh, multi report that we have to submit and that is specific about our KCAT, our Kendall College of Art and Design. And the interest in that report, it's a, it's a, a narrative that talks about um, how the college is meeting the needs of their particular student body and it's, it's a nice read because it also gives a short history of the, the relationship that Ferris and Kendall have had and ends with a summary of their current operations. Federal compliance, I believe Mandy mentioned federal compliance. We um, have a, a short report that gives evidence of how we are meeting our obligations related to federal financial aid and any Department of Education um, requirements or expectations there. And then the final piece that we had to submit, it was a late add to our plates. Um, it's a COVID-19 planning and process change form. So this was a short report that gave us an opportunity to talk about all of the response to the pandemic that we, that we engaged in and how we are continuing to meet the needs of our students. Um, not only in the last six months, but how we're continuing to plan uh, for our obligation to meet the needs of our students. And so that was, that was something that, that we pulled together and, and told a really good story about what we've been doing. And all of these documents, um, in the spirit of transparency, all of these documents are available to the university community on our website. So it's ferris.edu slash HLC. There's a link to the assurance system submission and we welcome and invite people to, to take a look at those and read more about what we're doing as an institution and how we're meeting our obligations. Thank you for that. So we're recording this program before the team comes to visit us. And their visits October five and six. So for someone in the university community who's saying, well, how can I prepare for this in case they call on me when they're doing the review, what advice would you have um, that's a really great question and the advice that we're giving people is to take the time and review those documents, especially areas that are related to the work that we do and attend any of the preparation sessions that they may be invited to. We're inviting people to preparation sessions and then also uh, specific colleges and departments and committees within those may be hosting some sessions to just talk through the, the types of questions that they might be asked. And then finally, attend anything that you're invited to. It's, we know that people's time is valuable and it's heavily scheduled, but if you're, a, if you're invited on the 5th and 6th to attend, um, we hope that you'll, you'll be able to join us in those. And my observation a bit about accreditation is that what happens sometimes is people ask questions in ways that you haven't considered the information that they want, but what we'll be asking people to do is to talk about their experiences 
and the information that they that they know. And so the trick is figuring out the question how that fits with your own experience. Now, this visit is going to be a little bit different in that it's really not a visit. Someone want to talk about that? Sure, I, I can do that. Um, so due to the ongoing pandemic, um, the visit will be primarily virtual. Um, participants can expect to be participating with the review team via Zoom meetings. Uh, and we're actually, we're excited um, because we, we have so much experience with this now, uh, we feel really confident that this is going to be uh, a smooth way of interacting with the team. I I'll also point out that due to Department of Education requirements, the Higher Learning Commission will send one reviewer to visit um, both the campus in Big Rapids as well as Kendall College of Art and Design in, in Grand Rapids. And so that individual will be here um, to be able to um, put feet on the ground, if you will, um, see our spaces and serve as a resource for the rest of the team who will be joining us virtually. How big is the, the team that's, that's evaluating us? We have eight members of the team, um, I believe, who are coming. and. There's a, um, some additional work. Um, there's a federal compliance reviewer who does some work ahead of time and, and meets with the team to provide a report. Um, and we have the new member who was added as the on-site reviewer in addition to the traditional core. And so after the visit has occurred, what's, what's, the, what's the timeline after that? When, when, when do we hear back from, from the Higher Learning Commission? When should we expect to hear from them? I believe um, roughly about a month, within a month after the visit, we should expect to have received a, a written report of their findings. Um, and at that time, we'll have the opportunity to review that report. Um, as is customary to most accreditors, um, an institution can provide some response to the Higher Learning Commission, particularly if there's a, an error of fact that we'd like to correct at that time. Um, but then from there, it works its process through um, the internal workings of the Higher Learning Commission um, all the way through to their board, and then um, we'll, we'll receive the, the final report after that. Wow. So beginning in 2017, and it'll likely be 2021 before this, before this is concluded, right? That's right. And I want to express my thanks to each of you for the incredible work that the leadership you've provided throughout this process. So for people who are preparing, they can look at the assurance argument. Is that is that where you would direct them at this point? I would. Um, as Jen pointed out on our website, we have made everything available. I would say if, if time, um, as for most, is, is an issue, um, we would direct you to first review the summaries that we've put out there for you. It's a good way, if you're not familiar with the criterion, to get a feel for the primary elements of, those, um, of, of the document through the summaries. And then you certainly can look at the assurance argument to learn more and, and dig deeper into areas that are of specific interest to an individual. Thank you for that advice. Anything else we should share today about the HLC? Things that are important for people to know. You know, I would say that um, throughout this whole process, and I think it's been mentioned a few times here today, the emphasis is really on continuous improvement. Um, meeting the criterion I won't say it's easy, but that's that's the minimum bar. And, and we are really shooting to be above that bar. And this, this whole process, it, it allows us the opportunity to tell the story of Ferris and how we're moving together, how we're moving Ferris forward together as an institution, even in the face of a pandemic. Um, there, there's great things that are happening here on our university's campus. There's a lot of change and good work that has been, over, done, been done over the last 10 years. And this is our opportunity to share that with the commission. And so. Um, for those that are, will be participating, I would, 
I would encourage that you, you view it through that lens and um, not see this as, um, as a scary compliance driven process, but really as a process to, to tell of all the good work that happens here and how we support our students. Um, that's what this is really about. And that's certainly been the focus um, for us as a leadership team. It's, this has been about transparency. It's about taking a look at what we do and how we can continue to make things better. And, and that's a really good story to tell. So we're looking forward to the visit and, and certainly looking forward to um, the campus communities engaging with us uh, next week on October 5th and 6th. And so that the website is ferris.edu backslash HLC. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. Well, Mandy and Jeff and Jennifer, I wanna thank you for joining me today. On behalf of our university, I wanna thank you for the extraordinary leadership that you've provided to this HLC process. And I wanna thank the hundreds of faculty and staff who have contributed to this effort. This really is university-wide effort. So on behalf of our university, thank you for your excellent work. This is Ferris Forward. I'm your host, Dave Eisler. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey,